Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's episode, I'm joined by former captain and national champion of the Ohio State women's hockey team, Liz Shepers. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Liz, and how's everything going? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to, to get to talk to you, and yeah, things are going well. Yeah, how often? I know you're playing professionally now, but do you ever get to talk about your college hockey days? I know it, I know you're sort of new to the pro hockey game, but I'm curious how often you guys get to talk about um, your college hockey experiences in the locker room or just off the ice. Yeah, it's actually pretty interesting. You know, a lot of the girls um, on my team now are players I'm pretty familiar with from playing against in college, so we'll go back and forth about um, when we used to play against each other and how things were at each of our schools. So I do get to talk about it quite a bit. I take, you know, any chance I can um, to talk about that kind of stuff. But, yeah, it's always fun to to reminisce on it. So let's start off from the beginning of your career and kind of work all the way up to where you are today. So um, you're from Minnesota. Talk about growing up there and how did you start playing hockey? Yeah, you know, um, it's such a big part of Minnesota culture is, is hockey. So I started to skate when I was you know, five years old. Um, and then, of course, I'm, I have a lot of hockey players in my family. Um, so growing up, I was just always around it. It was always on TV and always something I was in love with. So, yeah, hockey's been a part of my life for as long as I can remember and um, was very natural for me to get into it. And who was your favorite player growing up? Was it someone on the wild or was it a women's player on the national team? Yeah, like when I first like seriously started watching hockey and like figuring out who everybody was, um, one of my favorite players was always Pavel Datsuk, um, just for how smart he was and the things he could do with the puck. Um, you know, it seemed like nobody could ever knock him off it. So he was always a big one for me. Um, and of course, growing up, went to a lot of women's gopher games and things like that. So those were always girls I looked up to as well. Nice, nice. Have you ever had the chance to meet uh, some of those players in person? Because I remember, because I know for a lot of those former women's hockey players, especially in Minnesota, helped out in the community um, off the ice a lot, which I thought, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, it's definitely really special. And those girls do a great job of getting involved um, with the youth programs and things like that. Uh, never anything particular, like nothing really jumps to mind, but it was always um, a good time when a group of our friends or our youth teams could get out to watch a gopher game. Now, before Ohio State, you played for your high school at Mound, West Tonka. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk about your experience there and what you took away from it. Yeah, I had a great time in high school. Um, we had a really good core group growing up that stuck through it and stayed local and played for Mound um, all the way through, which I think is really special and something that's really unique to Minnesota. Um, yeah, I had a great five years there and had the chance to play with my younger sister for a couple of years and everything. So, yeah, to be to be able to play for my home community for so long was something that um, I'm really appreciative of. And how did your high school hockey experience help prepare you for college hockey with Ohio State? Yeah, I think it prepared me a lot. I think um, the leadership role I was able to have on that team from a really young age helped me going into college um, and things like that, learning those communication skills, learning how to lead by example, um, I think really, again, helped my development into college. Um, and again, those friendships that I have, it's it's really nice, you know, when you go away for school to have those to come back home to. And I've stayed close with, with a couple of my high school teammates. What's the best high school hockey memory you have when you look back on it today? Yeah, it's got to be uh, playing in a couple state tournaments. Um, we went to the state tournament my eighth grade year, and then again my senior year. So it was that was really special. It's always great to get down to the X. Um, 
And then I think also to go to the state tournament in two very different points in my career um, was a uh, really interesting to, to have different perspectives as, you know, the rookies on the team versus the seniors heading out. So very thankful for that experience. I'm assuming you had more appreciation of that experience as a senior versus when you're in eighth grade because it's something you're not used to. Yeah, definitely. I'd say making it that first year and then going through, you know, four years where you're, you're not making the tournament, you're not winning in playoffs, um, definitely uh, taught me not to take anything for granted and to, to make the most of every opportunity you have because you never know when you're going to get back to those situations. Now, what is the Minnesota high school hockey scene like? Um, because I'm from uh, the East Coast, and every time I talk to someone who's from Minnesota, it sounds so different from what I'm used to because I could never see, like, a high school hockey game getting sold out in an NHL arena where I'm from, so I find that pretty cool. Uh, so I guess, like, talk about that high school hockey scene and what's it like being a player in that atmosphere. Yeah, it's pretty special. and I I think, you know, kind of to your point, I didn't really realize it until you know, I got to Ohio State and I was playing with players that came from all over the country and all over the world, really, um, talking about their experiences playing growing up. But I think so much of it is that, like, local pride you have for your community and the kids that you grow up playing with when you're six years old to when you're a senior in high school. Um, it's really special, and the talent that's there is, is like, top of the line. Um, and then to see the way the state rallies behind it, it's it's pretty special and unique. And anytime the state tournament's going on in St. Paul, you're, you're going to know about it. Now, talk about your recruiting process to Ohio State. What made you want to go there for some of the schools you might have looked at? Because I think a lot of people don't realize um, Ohio State wasn't the powerhouse that's known today uh, when you were getting recruited by them. Yeah, for sure. So I wasn't <clears throat> recruited all that highly out of high school, honestly. Um, I didn't commit to Ohio State until my senior year of high school, which back when I was being recruited was, was pretty old. A lot of girls were committing as freshmen even or, or sophomores. Um, so, yeah, when um, – Coach Muzz gave me the call and had me come out to campus. I think it was something that I felt right away was going to be special. And as you kind of said, you know, the program was below 500. You know, it wasn't this, uh, you know, national contender like we see now. Um, but I really believed in what, what Coach Muzz was trying to do and the girls that we had coming into the program and the girls that were committed to making something work out of Ohio State. Um, and then as the school itself, like the resources and the atmosphere really uh, – there's nothing like it. I have loved, I loved my time there. Um, and it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Yeah. What was it like playing under coach Maserol? Cause she seems very scary. Um, from an outside <laughs> perspective, but I'm assuming she's probably a nice person in real life. Yeah. I get asked about coach Maz quite a bit now being back in Minnesota where she obviously played and coached for so long. Um, she demands a lot from her players. Absolutely. Um, but I'll say as much as she demands from me, she equally supports, you know, her players and not only as players, but as people and wants to see us be successful and cares about each of us. Um, you know, and, and looking back on it now, I really appreciate how hard she pushed and, you know, the things she expects from us, because without it, you know, you're, we're probably not winning a national championship. We're not being that contender and what she's done with that program. And now I think her seventh season is, is pretty remarkable and, um, yeah, very, very thankful for my time with her and um, someone you definitely want to have on your side. <laughs> What's the biggest adjustment you had to make to college hockey? Was it the speed of the game, physicality, or just the decision-making that you had to make? Yeah, I'd say it's a combination of all of it. Um, you know, I came into school probably not, not the great, greatest skater. I'm still not, but, 
you know, those are little things you got to find ways to make work and find other areas of your game to really hone in on and, and create an identity for yourself. Um, so that was a big part of it. And then you know, just being away from home for the first time really um, was an adjustment, but I you know, can't credit like my teammates enough and the environment that we created there to help us all get adjusted, at least, you know, socially right off the bat. Now, obviously, during your freshman year, you helped Ohio State to its first Frozen Four. Uh, talk about your freshman year, what you took away from that experience, uh, because my favorite game was probably the BC game where you get, that led you to the Frozen Four. And then, obviously, you had a very tight game with Clarkson that obviously you guys lost in overtime. But just talk about what you took away from that whole experience and uh, just uh, what it was like uh, being a part of that team. Yeah, that team is is very special. Um, I think that's a group that will always be connected just because of how special of a run it was. Um, again, the year before, the team was below 500, and then, you know, we come in, it's Coach Muzz's second season, and she really knows what she wants to see out of her players, and, and we all bought into it and trusted each other and were willing to do anything for each other. Um, you know, it was kind of like a fairy tale run, and we felt right from the beginning that we had something special, but I didn't think we know just how quite uh, – the season we were going to have. Um, I think those uh, those teams definitely taught me that hard work is going to, you know, going to outwin any sort of talent that you could have on a team because we weren't the best on paper, but we were really gritty and we played our systems really well. Um, so, yeah, and I think that just set the tone for the rest of my career there to see that, you know, Ohio State can have success in a hockey program and we're on the right track. And obviously it was heartbreaking not, you know, advancing the national championship and then, you know, who knows what would happen, but um, it definitely, again, put us on the right track and I think made the rest of us that were coming back even hungrier to make it work in, in the next couple of years. Yeah, one thing I admire a lot about that team is just the veterans that you had, players mm-hmm. like Danny Sadik, Lauren Boyle, Charlie Dahlquist, and Aaron Langermeyer. What did you learn from those veterans that has helped you as a junior and senior when you were in those leadership roles as an Ohio State player? Yeah, so much. I mean, those girls went through so many coaching changes, so many losing seasons and stuff like that. And to see us all rally together around those upperclassmen for that first year, um, you know, it was inspiring. And it's when you're looking at it, that's what you want as a senior from your underclassmen. You want that commitment. You want um, them pulling for you as much as you're pulling for them and for the season to be successful. Um, So just like, the appreciation and the fun that they had with, with our successful seasons um, was awesome and definitely taught me not to take a win, not to take a season for granted. Now, your junior year, your team won the WCHA uh, when Tatum Skaggs scored that game-winning goal against Wisconsin. Uh, talk about what it was like winning the WCHA that year and for the first time, especially since you guys took a step back um, during your sophomore year. Yeah, I think that sophomore year was a huge wake-up call for us, um, not making the national tournament, just really losing games that we feel like we should have been winning. Um, we kind of had to gut check ourselves and, you know, decide which way we were going to go. Um, and uh, that season was was unbelievable. So many, like, special moments from we went to Las Vegas and played games. We played in Hockey Day, Minnesota. And then to cap it off with um, winning the WCHA for the first time for our school was, was really special. Um, you know, we had had some really good years and, big moments, but we didn't really have any hardware or anything to show for it. Um, and to have that to kind of solidify that, you know, we're we're going to be a force in this conference and then nationally um, was huge for us. Um, so that moment was really special, and that team's going to be connected forever because of that. 
I do have to ask, what's the contrast like playing in Vegas somewhere that's very warm versus hockey day in Minnesota that's probably like below like freezing, I assume. That hockey day in Minnesota was like the coldest weather I think they could have had for that day without them canceling it. It was unbelievably cold. Um, but yeah, Las Vegas was a great time too. We were out in the desert right before Christmas time and, um, got to go on the strip a little bit and explore. So yeah, we really, we really covered it all that year. <laughs> Now, unfortunately, you were supposed to play in the national tournament that year, but it got canceled due to the pandemic. Um, where were you when you found out that news, and how did you handle it, especially knowing that some of your seniors weren't going to get the chance to compete for another national tr- championship trophy again? Yeah, so this is, like, quite the story, actually. We um, we were hearing, like, rumors of some things getting canceled for other sports, other conferences, but... You know, we were still, we had our flight that afternoon to, to get out to Minneapolis to play our NCAA quarterfinal. Um, we were at the airport in Columbus ready to go, uh, just about boarding the plane, and we got a call from our athletic director uh, not to board. So, you know, just to hang tight and see what would happen. So we uh, all loaded loaded the bus back up at the airport, and we actually went back to the house that I was living at on campus. Six of us lived in a house together Um and we brought the whole team there, and we just watched the news, and we're waiting on a phone call to see which way it was going to go. And ultimately, that's where we found out that the season was going to be canceled, and we weren't going to have a chance to compete for that national championship. Um, so it was obviously devastating um, and shocking. Like I think a lot of us didn't really know what to do or how to handle it. Um, I'll say, thankfully, after talking with that that senior class as well, we feel very fortunate to have won that WCHA tournament for them um, and ended their careers on a win, even though it wasn't as far along in the season or where we thought we could have gone with it. Um, we're very thankful for that moment, and I think it makes that championship um, all the more special. Now, how did your team handle the challenges of playing in uh, the pandemic with all the regulations you had to go through that year? And uh, do you think that made your team closer? Because obviously you, ha- you had a special season uh, your COVID senior year. Um, when you made it all the way to the Frozen Four um, in Erie? Yeah, definitely. So it was between finding out, you know, the NCAA tournament was going to be canceled in that 2020 year to when we finally started playing, I believe it was November. We didn't start playing games till. Um, it was definitely a long road and um, tested us a lot. Um, our staff was unbelievable in, like, keeping us prepared, providing us with workouts and any kind of like little equipment things that we could possibly get our hands on. Like we really made it work. Um, and, you know, although there was so much uncertainty of when we were going to play, um, you know, I can't credit our group enough for like their toughness and the, the leadership that extends beyond the captains to um, stay with it and stay ready for when, you know, the time comes up, we're going to get back on the ice and to have that belief that we were going to get back on the ice. Um and then, yeah, to take that that season all the way to the Frozen Four um, obviously made a lot of it worth it. Um, our regular season was pretty brutal that year, playing Minnesota and Wisconsin so many times. Um, but, again, I, th- I think it only made us better and, and made our group closer, definitely, just the way we could kind of bond through it all. Yeah, and obviously your team lost the WCHA championship that year. Um, so talk about what was your mindset heading into the national tournament after mm-hmm. that loss. Yeah, definitely. So that that game, I actually was was injured partway through it, so I wasn't able to finish it out. And there were a lot of things going on um, with that group outside of hockey that I think really brought us together and gave us some motivation. Um, and yeah, the way we bounced back in the national tournament, I'm really proud of. Um, beat beat a good BC team um, 
and then saw Wisconsin for like the sixth or seventh time that season in the national tournament. So it was um pretty crazy. We knew we were going to get another WCHA team and we wanted another shot at them. And unfortunately, we just came up short. Yeah. How different was that Frozen Four tournament experience from the other two that you had? Uh, just mm-hmm. because you're sort of like isolated from the general public. And obviously, I don't know if there's, there's probably not too much to do in Erie, Pennsylvania, but I'd never been there before, so I can't speak too much on that. Yeah, yeah no, you're, uh, you're correct. <laughs> um, yeah, it was very strange. Um, we all had our own hotel rooms. We you know, ate a lot of our meals alone in our rooms and um, had to get there a couple days early just to go through testing protocols and stuff. So um, definitely appreciate all the effort that went into making the tournament happen and making it safe and allowing us to play. Um, but yeah, I don't think anything will compare to, you know, getting to play in front of a, a, a packed crowd and with that environment and all the festivities that come along with the Frozen Four now that I, you know, have seen a little bit of both. So definitely strange, but, um, of course, you know, the championship would have been just as fun, I'm sure. Oh, definitely. Now, talk a little bit about the hockey at that Frozen Four. Obviously, you lost to Wisconsin. You were saying how you had to play them so many times throughout the regular season. It was sort of good to sort of see them again because you had a familiar opponent. And then you obviously beat BC um, in the previous game that in that tournament. So talk about just that loss, how it motivated your team for your final year with Ohio State, and just what you took away from that. Because from the I remember watching it a little bit, but also seeing the pictures from it. Those puck battle photos are pretty pretty intense, just how got everyone was shoving each other back and forth. So you can just tell the intensity was there um, in both those games. Yeah, definitely. Um, that, that eerie year um, definitely stung just because of how much you go through in that season. I mean, everybody did just to, to be able to play and to get to that point. Um, so it definitely hurt leaving, you know, eerie empty-handed. Um, and then especially knowing that the next year that things – are going to look vastly different with the transfer portal and with people taking fifth years or not taking fifth years and things like that. So, um, you know, it was, it was definitely really emotional. Um, a lot of my, all of my classmates really weren't, weren't around for the next season. Um, so that was tough moment, um, as well. But again, like you, you have to go through those losses sometimes to know what it takes to win and to make, um, the wins that much sweeter. So you try to take what you can from it, um, without letting it hurt too bad. <laughs> What led you to take your fifth year um, that that season versus maybe just sort of ending your career right there? Yeah, um, I knew right when, you know, they announced that we were going to get that extra year of eligibility that if, you know, I had the opportunity to, I wanted to come back. Um, unfortunately, um, Coach Muzz made that work for me, and um, there was never really a question in my mind. I knew I love Ohio State. Um, I loved being there and, and didn't want to take that opportunity to grant it for granted. Um but I also knew that we had the chance to do something really special with the team that we were going to have and that we had a chance to win it all and um, something that I wanted to see through. And you were named captain uh, of that team for that season. How did you find out you were going to be the captain and what type of leadership did you want to bring? Were you a vocal leader, lead by example? Um, like, How did you try to lead um, that your team that season? Yeah, so um, I just found out through a conversation with Muzz, um, let me know that I was going to be in that role. And it's, it's such a huge honor, um, to be a captain of a team and to be a captain of a team at Ohio State. Um, so, and then I had, you know, great co-captains and assistant captains for both the years, um, that I was in leadership positions and a lot of girls that I looked up to on previous teams, um, really showed me the ropes of like what it means to, to be a good leader and what it means to be your own kind of leader. Um, I'm def, I definitely found my voice 
in the second year a bit more than the first. I was a lot of lead by example, and I had a lot of other vocal leaders around me, so I could kind of step back in that role. Um, and then this past season, being, you know, the sole C, um, not that it makes that great of a difference, but I d- definitely found my voice a little bit more and that confidence and had to lead a group with, you know, 11 new players or whatever it was. And you know, we had a lot of new faces last year. Um, so I just tried to, to be steady and consistent and lead by example and also um, be that voice for the team when, when we needed it. At what point uh, during that season did you realize your team was capable of winning a national championship? Was it like the first practice or was it like during one of those early series that you had during the regular season? It was it was pretty early, honestly. Um, again, we picked up a lot of transfers. We had a great freshman class coming in and a lot of really solid returners. And I think when you look at that, you can't help but believe that your team has a chance at, at the whole thing uh, before you, you know, even step on the ice and, a lot of times I think in sports um, you can have it on paper, but you can't always put it together. And, and we found a way to do both, um, which was you know, credit to our coaching staff, credit to the girls on the team up and down the lineup that bought into to what we were trying to do. Um, so, yeah, um, it was funny, actually. I remember this past season we had a all athletic uh, all athletic department meeting, like every student athlete, every coach. We had a, a little rally, a meeting all the head coaches introduce themselves and their teams and Muzzy grabs the mic and she says, I'm, you know, Dean Muzzle, I'm the head coach of the women's hockey team and we're going to win a national championship this year. And she just passed the mic on and we're all like, well, let's make it happen. So yeah. the tone was set very early from uh, what our expectations were. Well, if you say that, you have to sort of back it up. You can't just <laughs> say that and not back it up. That would be pretty embarrassing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, if, in my honestly, in my opinion, I sort of maybe I'm a slow learner, but I sort of realized that your team was capable of it during that DC trip that you had mm-hmm. um, when you beat some of those non-conference opponents. So talk about that trip. What obviously, what was it like being in DC, seeing all the cool monuments? But uh, what was it like uh, playing in that tournament? Because that was the first time I remember DC doing something like that for women's hockey, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that was an awesome trip. Um, you know, I have never been to DC, so personally to be there and, and see the sights a little bit. And, and we had the extra day at the end of it to really tour around, which was cool. Um, and a lot of our families came out. It was, I remember it was Thanksgiving weekend, so it was nice to all be together for Thanksgiving as well. Um, so it was a great, uh, not only for the hockey to, to prove ourselves against those non-conference teams and really got out to tough wins, uh, but also to bond and, and get closer as a group uh, kind of in, the early parts of the season or when it starts to turn into a little bit of a grind around you know, Christmas time. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a huge moment for us and a great, memorable trip. Now, what's it like playing in the WCHA and just the competition you face every day? Because there's no weekends off in that conference. Even with some of the teams that aren't ranked, uh, they definitely make you grind out those wins. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a battle every weekend. Um, you look at the talent as individual players that come out of our conference, you know, through – national programs and stuff like that and when you throw it into like very well coached very well structured teams um it's anybody's night uh any given name uh, any given game um so yeah it definitely toughens you up quick uh and you know you got to get points every weekend to stay competitive and um yeah we were definitely tested every weekend and throughout the regular season your team was ranked uh, one of the top five teams in the country um, how did you handle that pressure, and how did you maintain that consistency? Um, 
because that's something that a lot of Ohio State, a lot of your players on your team that year didn't really have to go through um, during their college careers, whether they were transfers or um, since they were younger players, they didn't really have to go through that throughout juniors, just all that attention that you, your team had. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I, I think when you look at, like, my sophomore year even, after we came off that Frozen Four season, um, we didn't necessarily handle that well, having that target on our backs, and we, again, dropped games that we shouldn't and put ourselves in a bad position. Um, so I think having that experience really helped the group of upperclassmen this past season um, to handle that and to show, you know, those younger girls or people that are coming from teams that weren't in this situation, kind of show them how to be and, like, lead by example. Um, but I think something that we always lean back on is that pressure is a privilege and, you know, we're number one or two or whatever we were, we were in that position for a reason. And it's because, you know, we have the, the team to get this done and make championships happen. So it's all about how you frame it, I think. Um, and again, we had a great group of leaders that pushed that on our team really well. And we, through it all, we had a lot of fun. So that always helps too. Now let's talk about the tournament because in the first game of the national tournament, you played Quinnipiac. Uh, talk about the challenges that Quinnipiac brought and what it was like getting through the, those challenges and beating them in double overtime because I felt like that game really set your team up well for the Frozen Four uh, to have a, such a tough game to win um, because mm-hmm. it definitely, um, I feel like those type of games prepare you where you have to sort of, uh, sort of go through those challenges mentally but also physically as well because obviously it's a grind playing 60 minutes of hockey in college, but to add another, like, 35, 40 minutes is even more of a challenge. So talk about what you took away from that game, because Kareem Schroeder really stood up for Quinnipiac and made it tough for you guys to get that um, second goal. Yeah, she was unbelievable um, and played her heart out, absolutely. Um, That game was probably the most nerve-wracking game of that whole playoff run. You know, from WCHA's and NCAA tournament, like, that game was – I aged years, but <laughs> um, again, I, I agree that it did set us up well for the rest of the, the tournament. Um, and we were definitely tense and all going into the overtimes because we did feel like we were outplaying them and um, have the rankings and stuff. You know, we were on paper the better team and believed that we should be in the Frozen Four, but you know, to not have it be you know such a, a clear win for us, it, it was a good gut check, and you know, it, it showed that. This isn't going to be easy, and just because we're number one, we're not going to walk through this tournament. Um, so a lot of credit to Quinnipiac, a really well-coached team, a really gritty, hard-working team um, that gave us everything we could handle. Um, yeah, it definitely is something, looking back, one of the most memorable games, and um, my my last game at Ohio State Ice Arena, so glad it was a good one. Um, and fans got their money's worth in that game for sure. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, was it beneficial to have you – know, What was I guess, was it nice to have your first tournament game at Ohio State because the last few experiences you had to play in a neutral site and then on the road. So it must have been nice to finally play in front of your home fans for the, your last tournament game. Um, that wasn't the Frozen Four, obviously. Yeah, it, it really was. It was one of our goals um, from the beginning of the season was to host the first round of the NCAA tournament. Um, that's something that our program has never done. Um, so that was – big on our list um and just to give uh you know our fans and community a chance to see that level of hockey and to bring the national tournament um to Columbus was something that we were we're very proud of now talk about uh making it to the frozen four for the final time um 
I'm curious what the off the ice stuff was like at Penn State because it seemed like it was probably obviously for you guys it's probably it's the best one because you won the national championship that year. But as from a fan perspective, I really did thought they did an amazing job posting it because of all the off ice stuff like the red carpet and just all the fanfare that went along with it. What was it like being involved with that? Yeah, it was Penn State did an incredible job. Yeah, it, they really made us feel special and professional um, and giving us these experiences. You know, it was a lot of for some of us running around and doing media stuff and interviews and photos and all this. And then the uh, the little fair they had set up for us as well to take pictures and play games. And it was really special. Um, obviously, winning helps quite a bit, but um, just from an over, overall experience, I know our parents and everything had a great time as well, and it was very well done. Yeah. What a contrast from Erie to Penn State, just like how different it was. Um, that's just kind of crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now in that, now in that first Frozen Four game you played against Yale, uh, what did you take away from that game? Because obviously Yale was sort of the underdogs um, in that entire Frozen Four. Uh, so talk about the experience that you had playing them in a non-conference game and then uh, just game, making it to the national championship game uh, for the first time in your career. Yeah, Yale had a, had a great season and a great tournament. Um, I think we were able to kind of tune into that a little bit, just thinking that that was the position we were in the first time that we were at the Frozen Four. Um, I, sometimes those can be really dangerous teams um, you know, that have nothing to lose, more or less, and are playing with a lot of confidence, and they, they can definitely give you a scare. Um and they played us in a close game, as we expected. Um, they have a lot of great players and play very structured and a good goalie. So, you know, our biggest thing was just to trust our game the whole way. Um, I think throughout the whole tournament and, and the WCHA tournament even, we knew, like, what we were doing up to that point was making us successful. And we didn't have to change just because of who we were playing, just to trust each other and, and what had got us to that point. Now, uh Talk about in the national championship game, uh, you played against Minnesota Duluth. It was, I felt like it was very similar to the Wisconsin game you had in your junior year, Frozen Four, senior year, Frozen Four, uh, just because it's a team that you played, you play a lot throughout the regular season. So I'm curious, what was different about the national championship game against Minnesota Duluth versus previous ones that you've played against them? And I'm assuming it's obviously there's a lot at stake, but it's just probably, Sort of weird, but nice to play against a team that you're familiar with in that position. Yeah, definitely. You know, it was it was funny. They played their semifinal game before us against Northeastern. Um, went into overtime. We remember watching it, and you know, we saw Duluth won, and we're like, of course they did. <laughs> you know, it could only be. You know, of course we had to win our game, but it could only be us and Duluth. Um, they always give us difficult games. We, you know, I joke about it with the girls that are on my team now that played at Duluth that we just hated playing each other. Because our teams were pretty similar, um, and we always made uh, for close series. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, you never want to like pick your opponent by any means, but but at times it's nice to know what you're gonna get, and um, took a lot of questions out of like the championship game, which was nice. Um, we just had to again trust ourselves and and go to work against the team that we had seen five times already that season, or however many it was. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It was interesting for sure, um, and we knew it was going to be a battle. And talk a little bit about that game. Uh, obviously, your team was probably very one of the most resilient teams in that tournament, but I feel like that game proved it because 
whenever Duluth would go up, you guys would tie that game. And then obviously Kenzie Halsworth had that big third period goal to give your team the lead and ultimately help you guys win that game in a national championship. So talk about that game, what you remember from it, and then, then just describe the emotions of uh, finally realizing you won a, a national championship. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, it was such a back and forth game and, you know, it felt like you know, every time Duluth went up, we would tie it. And every time we went up, like they just wouldn't go away and all that stuff. So it really went down to the wire. Um, obviously a huge goal there in the third period. Um, and I think once we had that, um, we trusted ourselves to really lock it down for the rest of the game and not give them too many more looks or chances to tie it up. Um, the confidence that we had in our group, I think, is something that's really special and something that I'll always remember. Um, we just went in and knew we had a job to get done, and the job that we were you know, really felt like we were destined to get done, um, and made it happen. So the emotions of it all um, are pretty wild still. It's sometimes hard to believe that, you know, that's how we finished our season, but that group was really special from the start, and not only being talented, but being selfless and, and hardworking and um, some of my best friends. So it, it's really special and a moment that uh, we'll all remember forever. Obviously, as the captain, whenever people look up that Ohio State National Championship, you're the first image that pops up. How cool is that to be one of the first people in Ohio State to touch that trophy? Yeah, it's pretty surreal. Um, you know, that moment was really special. And have you know, my family there, so many of our families there. And then to bring it back and celebrate in Columbus with our school and community and, and institution that has supported us so much. Um, very grateful. It's 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 super humbling. And what were some of the fun things you got to do um, after the national championship win? Any cool people you get to meet or fun parties you got to go to? Yeah, we, we had a lot of fun with it. Um, Columbus did a great job of celebrating with us and, and you know, really highlighting our team. Um, personally, one of the coolest ones was, was getting to go to the Blue Jackets game when they, you know, invited us and honored us. And we skated a lap around before before the Jackets game started and they played our videos and, um, I got to drop the puck before the game. So that was definitely uh, one of the coolest moments for, for our team. And then um, just this past fall, then we were invited back um, to the Ohio State Notre Dame, Notre Dame football game. Um, and that was really special, too, to be out on the field in front of you know, over 100,000 people. Did you get to see LeBron? Because I saw him at that game. Oh, we, yeah, <laughs> we was there. We didn't we didn't really see him, but he was there and he was in a hockey jersey. So we'll we'll take that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 No, Um. I also have to ask, how cool is it to have? I know this might sound like a stupid question, but how cool is it to have your last game ever played with Ohio State be that one? Yeah, I and something that's something I'm going to be super grateful for forever. Um, You know, I, I said this to the team, too, after we'd won, like such a small group of players get to say that they went out like that. Um, and for, for me and my classmates, um, you know, that's something that we're always going to be super grateful for. And um, yeah, it's, it's pretty surreal. So we're now in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment where I ask you some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little bit more. Cool. Uh, first one is uh, what is your most embarrassing hockey moment? Um. Oh man, pro- pro- um, I've been known to fall in warm-ups a couple times, so <laughs> probably one of those. Luckily, there's no cameras uh, during warm-ups, so you don't have to no. relive those memories. No, I'll just pay a nice little fine to the team team jar. So. <laughs> now, what is your biggest pet peeve? Uh, being late. Yeah, I 
I hate being late and I don't like when people are late. So that's that's one for me. Yeah, I struggle with that sometimes, so I apologize. <laughs> You're just fine today. <laughs> Luckily, I was fine today, but it's more for like um, class. Like sometimes, oh. like driving up through campus can be a bit of a challenge to find parking. Right. So that's why I'm late usually. So that's usually the thing I'm trying to I'm trying to do a better job with that, I guess. <laughs> now, if you couldn't play women's hockey at Ohio State, what sport would you want to play? Um, I don't know if I could play it. But I love watching uh, the women's volleyball team. Um, big fan of them and gymnastics. But I am not capable of really either of those. I'm just a fan. <laughs> yeah, that's they'll give you the ability, and then you could just like do it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, put me in. Uh, what music uh, do you like to listen to? Uh, big Taylor Swift fan and country music. Those are the usually uh, two go tos. All right, now let's ask you some questions about your teammates, and this can apply to any team that you played for with Ohio State, not just last year. Okay. Uh, first one is, who is the worst at responding to phone calls or texts of any teammates you played with at Ohio State? Mm. That's tough. Um, Emma Malte will either spam you like crazy or ghost you for days, so it's really one or the other with her. <laughs> Well, she's busy, like, winning Olympic gold medal, so I can yeah. understand that. Yeah, she's got stuff to do. Who's the funniest teammate you've ever played with um, at Ohio State? Oh, that's tough. Everybody is a good time, I will say. Um, Elise Freeman-Schneider could always get the people going. Liv and Elise could, uh, yeah, they are definitely the team clowns. Who is the best trash talker uh, that you've ever played with at Ohio State? Charlie Dahlquist. Any ones we, you can repeat on the podcast? Obviously, since you graduate college now, I feel like <laughs> you have a little more freedom to say it. I don't think so. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, and this, uh, if there was any, obviously body checking isn't allowed in women's hockey, but who do you think would be the best checker um, on Ohio State women's hockey from the teammates that you played with? Mm. Oh, man. Oh, Rebecca Freiberger. Yeah, she would definitely throw the body around. And then final teammate question, and I'm not trying to be saying this because you're on it. I think Ohio State might have the best style in all of women's college hockey. I love the yeah, pregame yeah. outfits that you guys pull off with. It's incredible like how, how creative some of your teammates are. Uh, so my question is, out of all the teammates that you played with, who had the best style um, pregame outfit-wise with Ohio State? That's going to be a very controversial answer because there's a lot yeah. you can choose from. Yeah, we definitely, uh, they definitely go all out. Um, I'll go a couple. I think Brooke Bink and Quinn Koontz do a really good job. And they wear things, and Eve Savander, they wear things that, like, nobody else could wear. So I'll go with them. Yeah, I remember the Frozen Four. They had, like, professional photographers there, and mm -hmm. uh, they, you guys went all out. It was pretty cool. I think Brooke probably had the best outfit, and Quinn as well. Yeah, they do a good job, and we we love a good uh, theme. So you know, sometimes you'll see the blackout, and we'll we'll go in on it. I also noticed there's a hat theme going around too. Is that is that just me? Like, is that just a coincidence, or is that something that's planned out? Maybe. I don't know. I'll have to go, I'll have to check in with them and see. <laughs> now, what is the most interesting thing you've seen or read this week? Um, I've been watching the. The Prince Harry and Meghan Markle documentary on Netflix. I'm pretty sucked into that right now, so I'll go with that. Yeah, I don't know anything about the royal family, so I unfortunately can't comment on that. But speaking <laughs> of, like, Europe, I watched the World Cup on Sunday. 
That was mm. probably the most interesting thing I saw this week was seeing oh. Lionel Messi get his first World Cup. Great game and uh, yes. definitely a fun tournament to watch. Absolutely. I was watching that too. That was a great game. And then uh final non-hockey question, I guess, is um, obviously it's the holiday season. So what is your favorite holiday tradition? <laughs> so my um, my dad's side of the family is huge, and they all come over for um, Christmas Eve. We have, like, around 50 people over at my house. And we sing as a family the 12 days of Christmas. So that's probably my favorite and least favorite tradition at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if um, that my family definitely doesn't sing, and I don't, that'll be, that's probably weird for like new Mine people. <laughs> that'll be funny. For, is it weird for like new members of your family to like see that? Do they have to join, or do you have to be part of the immediate family to do that? Oh no, it's everybody. Everybody and anybody gets a number, and we all. <laughs> oh man, that's all gonna right. be that's gonna be that's gonna be. The, at least it's a good time though. It's a good time. So yeah, yeah. Now back to some hockey questions. Now, uh, first one is um, what should be done to help grow women's hockey, in your opinion? Um, I feel like. You've obviously played in college for a long time, and then now you're in pro, so I feel like you probably have a good idea of what it takes to help grow the game. And I feel like on the college side, it's a good job with, like, um, putting the games on TV because that's how I feel like you grow the college game because um, obviously people aren't going to watch women's hockey if you can't access it, so it's good to throw those games on TV. But I feel like professionally, there's a lot of different, like, ways to grow the game, and I think at some point there's going to have to be one league. Um, I'm curious for you what your thoughts are on all that stuff and what you would do to help grow the game. Yeah, I think you nailed it with the accessibility in terms of, like, visibility as well as, you know, making one league for all the players to kind of pull together in. I think that's huge and ultimately where we have to go um, as a sport. Uh, And, yeah, just like our – I don't know if you saw that our salary cap doubled for next year in the CHF. Yeah, which is huge. Um, so just continuing to, you know, develop those resources, um, to allow players to do hockey as a full-time job, you know, you know, it's not a side gig anymore. You know, we want to make it as professional as possible. So I think that's a huge step in it as well. Um, yeah, ultimately coming together, I believe is one, you know, league or player union is where we are going to have to end up and hopefully it happens uh, in the near future. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And for all the younger players, specifically women's hockey players that are listening to this mm-hmm. podcast, uh, what advice would you give to them on what it takes to make it to the Division One level where you were um, t- a few years ago or last or this past year? Yeah, I would say something that has stuck with me is, like, trust your own path. Um, not every path, not every journey to Division One or to professional is the same, um, you know, it doesn't mean that it's wrong, that it doesn't look like, you know, your teammates. Um, so I'd say that's a big thing. And just to continue having fun with it, um, I think that's the most important part. And to find joy in, in the hard work and in the little things and, and just spending time with your teammates, um, not to take any of that for granted. And, um, yeah, just continue to enjoy the process. Yeah. Well, do you have any shout-outs you want to give to your former teammates, current teammates, family members, friends? Uh, feel free to give them a shout-out or you can promote something. Uh, the floor is all yours. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I'll give a shout out to the girls back in Columbus um, on Christmas break right now, but getting back after it soon. And then, uh, yeah, catch the Whitecaps back in Minnesota. Uh, we'll be back at home in February. Yeah, that's awesome. You got a good team going. I saw that, like, Snodgrass yeah. had a couple of nice goals a couple weekends ago. Yeah, yeah, we've got a great group, and um, we're really starting to put it together, I feel like. So hopefully the second half uh, continues to go well for us. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Liz. I really wish you nothing but the best uh, for your future endeavors um, in pro hockey. I know you're going to do great with that. And thank you so much for your time and coming on and talking about your college hockey experience. It really means a lot to me and all the other listeners of this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. One step forward and another back I will never try to fool ya I'm one heartbeat away from going mad Girl, when you're looking like that Closer, closer I'ma get closer to you Yeah, got me, baby